Hi everyone, welcome to The Way. This is Francis. And this is Jason, coming at you from the DMV. Hi everyone, this is Francis. And this is Jason, and we're The Way Podcast. Woohoo! Welcome back. Yes, welcome back everyone. It's Sunday night here. Uh, we're recording on our off night, typically. Um, but there was a lot of things that had happened. So this past week that kind of pushes back over. So life happened. Right? Yes. So for those that wait for our podcast every other week, yeah, I know we're not very consistent with this. It's just this is life. It's COVID. Yeah. Right. Exactly. COVID and just life gets in the way. But we're really excited to do this particular episode. Um. And there's a special reason why. There is why a very is that, special Francis? reason. Um, like we promised you guys last time, we are bringing in as a special guest. Special our, guest. Our oldest daughter, Kylie. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Say hi, Kylie. Hi, guys. The OG is back. That's right. She is our OG. She is our guinea pig. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> so as you guys... If you remember our last episode, um, we were talking about family and the messiness of family and a biblical perspective on just what God not just only expects of family, but like how to flesh out what it means to be part of a family. And within that comes this messy, um, just the messiness of our sinfulness that get, kind of gets in the way of us loving each other and, and doing right by one another and being considerate of one another and all those things that happen and that are that are good things as part of being a family. And so what we wanted to do is we wanted to bring Kylie into this conversation um, because Kylie actually has a pretty unique experience um, in our family as a child who lived prior to my wife and I becoming Christians. I mean, Francis weren't Christians when... When Kylie was born, and uh, she lived a number of years with us as uh, people who really experienced, you know, just the complete and utter chaos of a life just trying to figure it out. Yeah, I mean, she was still obviously very young. I think um, she was born in 1993, Mm -hmm. and we came to know the Lord like in 1997. Yeah. So, but obviously, if you've listened to our very original first episode and to a second episode, we discussed some of that um, background where um, even after we got saved, obviously, we were very good at being this whole, you know, fallen Jesus stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were still a lot of mess. And Kylie was, you know, obviously was like a, was included in our mess or just like a innocent bystander, innocent bystander. of that mess. So, but just an FYI, Kylie, when we're having this discussion, like for this podcast, you could chime in, you could like ask questions or give feedback as we're just talking along. It's just a conversation. Yeah, <laughs> got it. That's the beauty of this is you could actually now I can like add speak to the and add to it. She used to just always listen to us in the car. So there's probably a lot of things that we discussed that. We weren't really thinking that she was listening to, but she was actually listening to. Um, so, yeah, some of that, like, probably were very damaging and we didn't even realize. So, but now she, you know, she's invited to join this conversation and really kind of maybe share to everyone, including us, the kind of crap that we put her through. I don't know. Yeah, I think, I think you know, the way that this conversation should go at you know as a follow-up to last episode is to kind of like talk about in a real family what the interplay is between our mess and how god redeems that yes right so the the backdrop we want to lay is the scripture one of the scriptures that we used last time and that's from genesis chapter 50 verse 20 which says this in my version it says this is the words of Joseph speaking to his brothers. He says, as far as I'm concerned, God turned into good what you meant for evil, right? And so in Joseph's case, 
what you see is you see this relationship that on the surface looks really dysfunctional and really messy both between himself and his and his siblings and it turns out that later on Joseph is actually used by God to save his entire family mm. and so you know on the one hand you look and you empathize with Joseph's plight as the one who was sold into slavery and went through all this hardship and difficulty went to prison the whole deal right falsely accused of raping somebody like his life was a mess Um, And much of that, if not all of that, was due to his brother's jealousy of him and selling him into slavery. But at the same time, yeah, it's crazy. But at the same time, the purpose behind what was going on was much bigger than what Joseph probably even realized. Right. And so, Kylie, on that note, your mom and I have talked a lot about our mess and we're pretty open about this. But one of the things that I wanted to kind of scratch the surface on, you know, in a short podcast was just like. (laughs) What's it like growing up in a messy household? Like, we've not, like, we're not like a typical family. There's a lot of families that value, like, you know, proper and, like, in order peace. You know, we tend to I mean, we like peace, but, like, it just is not us, it seems. Yeah, we we struggle with with peace. That's the reason why we need the Prince of Peace a lot in our (laughs) life. But, like, what's that like? What's that been like for you? And if you could imagine, like, talk about what it was like as a kid. As a kid and as you got older type thing. Yeah, I think it was, I think one of the things I appreciated as I've gotten older is that a lot of my friends, they, who have, whose parents have been through divorce or who fought a lot, a lot of times it was, it was almost hidden and they didn't realize there were issues with their parents' marriage until they were finally getting divorced. And I think one thing I did appreciate is that even with all your guys' mess, you never tried to hide it from me. And I think that's honest. Like that's, I think a lot of what we see in the Bible of, you know, people who fear God is that like, yeah, we're a mess and we're trying to figure this out, especially because you guys became Christians when I was still young. And so you were figuring that out while I was growing up. And so I, as hard as it was, I think, to see you guys fight a lot as a kid, I also recognize now that you at least weren't fake about it, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, the I mean, one thing you'll never get from us is fake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I could figure out how to hide my emotions. I mean, you, there are many times when we went to church and I walk in and I, we were fighting like cats and dogs in the car. And, yeah. you know, as a pastor's wife, you're supposed to just be like, kind of like, yeah, no, put on your happy face. Like, hello, everyone. And everyone knows in our church, like if I'm in a bad mood, it's because we have been fighting. And no, I'm not say I'm not really ready to say hello to anyone. Yeah, everybody yeah. knows that if Francis is in a bad, is in a bad mood, it's usually my fault. <laughs> so. Yes. So, yeah. So. Thank you for sharing that, and that was very positive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I'd like for you to do <laughs> is to, and I, and I hear you. Like I think what you said is is uh, like at least as a dad, I really appreciate you saying that. But yeah. Like, but like, can you talk about like how it's negatively affected you? Right. Yeah. If, if at all. I mean, it was definitely scary. I think there were a lot of times where it it felt constantly like, are they on the verge of divorcing? Like, mm-hmm. And I think there was always like, is this going to be the fight where it actually breaks it? And I think I was kind of on edge a lot as a kid. And I think as a grown-up in my own marriage now, I think because I that's how I, it was modeled for me of how to fight. That's how, even though I didn't like it as a kid, it's how I'm prone to want to fight. Yeah. And... Um, that sucks. I'm sorry for that. Honestly, yeah. that sucks. And that sucks for your husband, too. It does. Cause, and, and it's funny because he just, he doesn't fight that way. And right. so I think um, having to learn that and, like, recognize, like, okay, just because that's how they fought. That doesn't necessarily mean that's how I have to fight. Absolutely. So. Yeah. I mean, I think it's funny because, like, even growing up, for me, I've always said, okay, you know, there's certain things that I probably would like to try to do differently simply because yeah. those are things that I didn't appreciate like in growing up and seeing. Um, and so, and yet, you know, 
married what how how many years 29 years coming up on 29 29 years it's like you know your dad and i are pretty much kind of like almost mirror image of my parents in a lot of ways you know um so in the way we communicate i guess you know so yeah i mean i think i think there's some obviously some 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 differences right right but I think that, yeah, I mean, I think that honestly, Francis, you couldn't have married someone who is closer to your personality. I think that that no, would have been, been World War Three. Yeah, I think <laughs> you needed a husband who has your dad's demeanor. No, very much so. And I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Because, yeah, I don't think it would have been good if it was somebody that is like similar to Especially me. Especially the explosiveness. Yeah. Mm. Um, what you said, Kylie, is, you know, it's a it's an unfortunate consequence of the brokenness that your mom and I experienced as sinners, right? Like mm-hmm. the hurt and the frustration and the, the angst that comes when you hurt people because of your sinfulness, it bears itself out in consequences, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was definitely one of the consequences was like the way that we approached each other, the lack of respect, the, the lack of trust, all that came out in that explosive type of way we handle business you know yeah. what I mean well I'm yeah. thinking now I'm like you're back here in our home and it's probably not any different because we still pretty much communicate in the same way <laughs> you know in a sense I mean, of I think like we've gotten a little I bit mean better. I don't yeah. know have we gotten better Kylie I yeah I, I will say I don't think there's as much actual real fights anymore as when I was a kid so I I think you've grown, Mommy. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's good to we hear. We just bicker now. We just, yeah. just get on each other's nerves. <laughs> I think COVID's kind of like exacerbated hey, that Hey, I bit. think we're doing pretty good considering we've been I'm in a home dead. together yeah. for a whole year and we haven't wanted to get a divorce. <laughs> I mean, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, there's lots of couples who actually have gotten divorced in the midst of COVID. Right? So. And, and let me tell you, I mean, I'm sure somebody's got a pool somewhere thinking... For you guys. <laughs> There's a divorce pool somewhere that says odds on Jason and Francis yeah. making it Yeah, Don, Dave, what do you guys think? <laughs> Don? <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, this, I mean, I, messiness is not something that, that you can hide, no. right? Like, and, and I think it's a futile attempt that mm-hmm. most people try to hide, especially Christians, like... Owning the fact that you're a sinner and that what comes with that is a broken life, right? So here's the next question. What has been your struggle, Kylie, in creating your own family environment in being real? Because mm. like you said, your mom and I, like we put, a, I mean, we just who we are. Yeah. Right? That's off-putting to a lot of people. And I <laughs> yeah. think honestly watching you grow up it mm-hmm. was probably a little off-putting to you, just the realness well, in I some mean, ways. Well, I mean, I think, like you said, because this especially happened, a lot of our fights were, you know, when you were still little. Yeah. So I can't even imagine really, like, how you felt inside. Mm-hmm. In a sense of, like, were you scared? Was it something that's truly chaotic, you know, to be a part of? Mm-hmm. Um, did you feel loved? Like, like, I always think of all those things, like, like, I, you know, we joke around about it a lot where it's like, as long as she doesn't end up on Dr. Phil's show or like show. some crazy show like that and going, my parents are just simply the worst and this is, you know, whatever. I mean, that was like our biggest fear is like somehow you turn out to be some, I don't know, psycho <laughs> because of what we put you through. You know? So I guess the question is like, can you characterize some of your own like struggles that you've had growing up as an adult and then creating your own family environment? Like what that mess and how that's played out in your life as you've grown into an adult. Mm. Yeah. I think, I think because you both are such big personalities, I tended to be internal because I felt like that's what was needed Mm. at the time. And so I think I really had to learn in marriage how to communicate and not not necessarily be that explosive fighting, but also still speak what I'm actually feeling. And mm-hmm. I think that was a really hard process of learning how to um, really perce- like process what I'm actually feeling and then 
actually speak it out loud. And so um, I think that's something that everyone in marriage can probably say is one of the hardest things to do with your like your significant other, like to be that vulnerable and not, I think, lash out in anger instead of just saying, I'm hurt. Like, I think that was the hardest part for me. Yeah, we don't do that very good. <laughs> yeah. So we didn't model that very well for you. Yeah, um, you're, you're probably, every time you saw me, like, angry or, like, explosive, is probably you always thought, I'm just angry rather than hurt. And, you know, now as an adult, I can look back on those moments and recognize that that's what was happening. And I think that was hard as a kid is not knowing yeah. that's yeah. what was happening. It felt like anger, but I think... Now in my own marriage and feeling probably, obviously not the same thing because me and Parker as a couple are completely different yeah. than yeah. you and Daddy as a couple. But I think there's just some universal things in marriage where I can recognize and be like, oh, she was really hurt in those moments, and that was the only way that she felt she could communicate it. And I think that has really helped me process a lot of what happen in my childhood sure sure yeah and it sucks because obviously that's not something you know you're just going through life so you don't think of how it's affecting others even though you should as a parent you should definitely care about how it's affecting your kid but then at the same time i think just not being able to grow up and learning how to process your feelings because you know and that's not excuse because obviously um, you didn't have those tools and yet you were able to like learn how to process your feelings and able to express them healthy in a healthy way with your spouse mm-hmm. you know and I think that's where we really struggled a lot in the beginning because we were kind of like two individuals in a marriage and yet wanting to do to to be right in the relationship like mm. if, you know like I'm right you know you're wrong type thing yeah and um our, because, big, especially the first five to seven years of our yeah. marriage, it was literally a tug of war constantly. And I think it's the perspective. Our, we have such different perspective on life in general. Um, you know, and, you know, for me, I grew up in, like, obviously I'm Filipino, so we have a different culture in in, yeah. in a sense anyway. And also I had both parents at home that are very much, like, modeling or not modeling how it is to be, like, the man in the household and then also the spouse, the wife in the household, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really difficult. Yes. And different, meaning like, you know, you always think, especially when you're young, you're kind of arrogant, you know? Yeah. You know this, you got married young, right? You, 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 yeah. tend, you tend to approach this thing like, we got this, right? Yep. We're in love. <laughs> you know, we have a, a bright future ahead of us. We, you know, joined the Navy um, sound familiar? Very kind of? familiar. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, this this young kind of anticipatory approach to life. Yeah. And what we realized is, and this is obviously hindsight, but we realized, especially looking back, and especially being back here in the D.C. area, it's been very reflective. I don't know, I can't speak for Francis on this, but it's been very reflective for me. And I told her this before, like some of, some of like being back here has been very hard for me because I remember who I was the last time we lived here. You know what I mean? And we had a little small stint for two years here, but like a lot of the hurt and the stupidness of my life um, and who I was and all that kind of stuff and, and just dealing with my family and, and the tension there and the difficulty that we have. Um, what I would say is, is that that period of our marriage, that very early period of our marriage, looking back on that says to me that we were so out of our league, mm-hmm. right? We, we had made a decision about something that we probably had no idea what we yeah. made a decision about. Yeah. And, you know, thank God he's good. Yeah. Yes. Right? Thank God that he had us in the palm of his hand the entire time, but we did a lot of damage to each other and to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the difficulty is in acknowledging that is, you know, having to live with that, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, it's hard to live with. And, uh, you know, 
the beauty of the scriptures is this scripture that we have in Genesis 50 verse 20 is that God takes very terrible and like unreal circumstances, just things that, you know, most people, for instance, most people would have looked at our marriage and said, you guys should get a divorce. Yeah. Right. Like most Throw people. Throw in the towel. Yeah. Like <laughs> you're done. You guys, you guys have been through enough and you're, all That's you're it. doing is, is destroying each other. And you know, God, that's not God's plan, yeah. right? And so what his plan for us was for us to to work things through with one another and most importantly, point to him. I hope this is okay. Okay. There was a, there was a conversation that we had when you were a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, it started out as a very mundane conversation, right? We were talking about school and, and you know, fut- the future and all these things. And I remember asking you, you know, what are your dreams? Like, what do you want to do? Like, what are your thoughts? What are your dreams? What do you dream about as far as for your future? And it was very, like, a light conversation, mm-hmm. right? We weren't going deep you know it wasn't like a a real heavy conversation but your answer struck me in a way that really kind of um I don't know your answer really kind of bothered me so your response was I don't really have any dreams and that was mind-blowing to me and honestly it was the first time that I actually realized I had messed up like it was a it was a kind of come to Jesus moment, and obviously your mom and I had admitted this over the years after we got saved, right? But like seeing you as a fifteen, sixteen year old girl, in like this precipice of becoming an adult woman, and there was this lack of ability to express yourself. Yeah. Right. Because um, you mentioned this earlier when you were answering a question, you said that you know our personalities were so big that a lot of times. You internalized and stayed inside. And this is one of those examples of that of that experience. So can you tell me hindsight obviously? Yeah. What was going on in your head and maybe even in your heart when you answered that question? Mm. Yeah, I as I look back at I think specifically my teenage years, because I think that's when I really started shutting down. Um, I reflected and I realized that, you know, we had moved so many times by that point. And I think I had said goodbye to a lot of people. We had, as a family, we had gone through a lot in a lot of different seasons. And I think by the time we got to Ohio, I think I just emotionally was shut down. Like I, I look back on it and I realized like, because I think before that, I, you know, I've made a lot of friends wherever we moved. I really tried to get involved in different things. And I just remember getting to high school and just being done almost. And I think I just turned off for a little while in those years. And Which kind of sucks considering that's supposed to be like your fun years, so to speak. Because I enjoyed high school. Yeah, know? and you know, I look back and I... I'm sad a little bit because, you know, I think who I am now, I would have liked to have done a lot of different stuff in high school and reached out to more people and been a better friend and a lot of things. But I just think I have to have grace with myself too because I look back and remember where I was emotionally at that time. Was it, was your response just basically like, because you didn't have the emotional capacity to even think about it or to want to think about it? Yeah, I think so. And it's like, I just didn't want, I didn't really know where to go from there anymore. Like I, I think because so many things had kind of, we had left so many times and I'd said goodbye to so many different people. And so emotionally I was shut off. And I think that in turn turned off like that desire to dream a little bit. 
and it I kind of just wasn't all there I don't think (laughs) yeah and I mean like that was a at least for me as a dad and I know that Francis and I talked about this your mom and I talked about this a lot through the years like that was a real like gut check for us that conversation was a significant gut check for us um, because we obviously knew our shenanigans and our, you know, fighting and all that kind of stuff affected you, right? Yeah. At one point, I don't even know if you know this, but at one point, the discussion of divorce was on the table and it was because we knew how this was affecting you. And the conversation was like, well, this can't obviously be good for our daughter, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, and, you know, we kept coming back to the idea that, but God hates divorce. So, like... We're not going to end our marriage. Yeah. You know, and, and so we fought for our marriage, which is kind of ironic considering we were also fighting to end our marriage. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's interesting to hear you say what you're saying because it was a significant gut check for us. And, again, the messiness and, and destruction of sin in a, in a family does significant damage to the people who are a part of it, right? Like, you know, but see, the thing is, is that the, the the light is stronger than the darkness. Yeah. Right? And that's, you know, the beauty of the story of Joseph, and, and it really kind of dovetails nicely into the story of Team Reigns and then eventually Team Fallon, Yeah, is that the light penetrates darkness, Right? Like, Francis, for you, let me ask you this question. What was it like to see your daughter get married at 19 years old? Can you talk about the experience of your daughter, like, experiencing adulthood and, like, a really adult decision at such a young age and going off and doing her own thing from away from us? What was that experience like for you as a mom? Um... I mean, I don't know. I think it was um, obviously we. It happened too soon. I I thought simply because she was young, and I know us getting married young was not always the best decision. Right. But I, I also knew that, you know, I didn't want to, like, tell her what to do. In this instance, and I don't know why. Considering I tell her what to do and everything else, <laughs> it's like the only typically. time. Yeah, I don't know. And I think maybe because in my discussion with her um, and talking about, like, Parker, even, um, I knew, like, when you guys were uh, in in Oregon, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like he was, he was just a friend. Yeah. And yet, I remember, like, different things that you would say about him uh, would make me feel like, oh, well, he seems to be a nice guy. And he would, he has lots of thoughts and opinion <laughs> and he would share it with you. Uh, and he also encouraged you to do things and try new things, which like I knew you were always scared to do things. Yeah. So it was one, like those are a couple of things that I knew that I liked about him yeah. simply because he got you to like try things and speak about things and you were talking to someone which you never talked to anyone (laughs) like you never really shared your thoughts and opinions on anything and i found it as i was listening to you talk about him like you guys were talking yeah and you were sharing things so it was really like as a mom like i thought oh here's someone that like could talk to you, you could talk to, and, like, seems to, like, I don't know, care about you. Yeah. Right? And so, so when you, when, when there was the talk about marriage, it was like, okay, well, he seems to be a great guy, so maybe this is why you went out to Oregon, and maybe this is why, like, the Lord had placed him in your life, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's weird because I always am like, because, you know, I love romantic movies, right? So it's like, I don't want it to be just that. Yeah. Because I want this, like, fairy tale type thing, you know? And yet, at the same time, there was something about it that was just like, 
but why not? Mm. Right? And so I think the hardest part was like you got married and then you were gone. Yeah. I think as a mom, I didn't realize that my time with you was gone. And then you were gone for many years. Yeah. Um, and then the panic set, set kind of basically set in where, oh my gosh, did we teach her enough stuff? Did we <laughs> teach her about Jesus? Does she have a relation with Jesus? Um, did we teach her about life? Like, could she take care of herself? <laughs> like, I did I did everything for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you didn't even like paying for your own stuff and waiting for change. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember that. And I'm like, what is she going to do? You know? Yeah. And it was. It was like sheer panic in my part of like, well, you know, we don't even know this guy. <laughs> you know? Like, we just sent her off. Like, to him. You know? Yeah. So... I think, and then realizing how when I got married young, I left, and there was suddenly, like, I was gone. I was just living my life. Mm -hmm. And did I look back to think of, like, how it affected my mother? I think that's when, for me, sorry, things shifted for me in my perspective of my my mom, especially my parents. Because then I realized... Now I'm in their position where, you know, you were gone. Yeah. And I didn't want that relationship to be gone. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to just, you do your life and you be gone and never care about us. You know, because I know in my own selfishness and even in my own, even as a Christian, my own selfishness, I was about me Mm -hmm. and my life. And it was rare that I considered how my parents were feeling on a lot of things. And it wasn't just like, it wasn't like until the last few years of before you left, right, that I started to realize that time is coming to an end. She's going to be going to college at that time that I thought, or even an internship, and then you weren't going to be here. And then suddenly, it's not just one year of internship. You got married, and now you're gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So It was a whirlwind. It was. But I do believe that your husband represents the light that I was talking about. Like I think that what your mom was describing about how he helped you come out of your shell and yeah. and all those things, you know, we look back on that. Obviously in the moment, that's not how I felt. <laughs> I, I mean, of, that wasn't how I felt either after you got married. Yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of other feelings at the time. Which is, is was just me working through my feelings about it. You know yeah. What I mean? and, and also you know, I had some pretty strong feelings that I felt that the Lord, I was frustrated with, obviously. Mm-hmm. But once I worked through those feelings and I got to know your husband, I realized what God was doing. And, yeah. you know, I, I've heard you say this, and I'll let you say this now, but like, can you characterize for us what getting married young and like what that did for you Yeah. coming out of that season of being shut off as a teenager? For sure. You know, with me and Parker, you know, I look back and I, I realize it is really crazy what we did. Like, I think, <laughs> I'm sure everyone was looking at it and was like, why? <laughs> and I guess the best way I can describe it is I just, I knew. Like, the, I just felt the Holy Spirit. And I couldn't really fully, and I think at that time, I probably couldn't really explain it well to you and mommy because because I was I don't think I was quite there yet of being able to express myself but like I he was someone that like mommy said like I don't think I was ever good at communicating my thoughts my opinions my feelings to most people and I think God has really used him in my life to bring that out of me and I think you know getting married so young and being away from you guys our personalities our big personality <laughs> well, overbearing I think, personality I think I also 
relied on you guys a little too much. Like, I think I was comfortable a lot of times being Jason and Francis's daughter and kind of being in the background and just observing and just listening and not having to use my brain or my heart and actually process to things. To engage. Yeah, to yeah. engage. And I think for me, I had to be away from you for a while to find my identity outside of that. Sure. And I mean, I think that was also like, you know, your dad and I discussed this. That was our fault because we didn't give you that space to to engage, right? Because I think we tried to really think of ourselves as people that you could come to. Yeah. Like, I think we enjoyed each other's company. We did a lot of things together. Yeah. But I think we didn't. And I think you knew that we love you. Yeah, for sure. But I at the same time, we didn't like give you the room to like talk to us. Meaning, we didn't like go, hey, let's pause here and let's talk. Mm. We were just about doing so many things. Like you said, the moving around, the serving in the church without really engaging in our family unit. And we had a lot of fun. So, you know, we talk a lot about our <laughs> the past being really like difficult, but we, we had a blast together as a family. Yeah, for sure. Right? I think so too. I, I mean, mean, poor and, like, <laughs> you know, we, we weren't, we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have a lot of things, but we, you got to see a lot and do a lot. As Definitely. A kid. And uh, I mean, I ran uh, ran after Toby Mac for you for right? a, for best a mom ever, right, so <laughs> right? For those of you who don't know to, who Toby Mac is, oh, Toby sorry, Mac is yeah, a, a famous Christian artist um, that Francis stalked down. And uh, Kyle was able to get a picture taken with him. Best moment. That. That's right. He was like, I'm not supposed to do this, but okay. He stopped for me. That's right. <laughs> and I was like, yes. Yeah, so I, in my processing of you getting married young, you know, I shared some of the, the same feelings that your mom had. Mm. Um, and I had some other things as a dad that I had to deal with, especially a Christian dad who... Um, was in ministry and and just all these thoughts and feelings that were going through my mind and my heart. Um, but after getting to know your husband, especially one of the things that I see is that I concur with what you said. He does bring good things out of you, and you know that's what you're looking for in a spouse, right? Yeah. Like you're looking for the person who actually brings the good out of you and challenges you in a way that no other person does, and. I mean, if we were to really kind of put a fine point on it or be on the nose for this conversation, like, that's the point where God did this Joseph moment in your life was he gave you a husband to live for the rest of your days that will draw out of you that goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right? I think, you know, like we said, we talked about a lot of the bad stuff that, um, you know, obviously we were a hot mess and you were deeply affected by that. Um and but that there is good from that as well. Absolutely. Um, you know, and I'll definitely we'll definitely jump into that. But like I wanted to kind of discuss a little bit more, like growing up in a Christian home. Um, oh, I see where she's going. With like this. what what kind of thoughts do you have about it? Because obviously, you know, you are a pastor's kid, not just at a Christian home, but you're also a pastor's kid. You, mm. you know, so you were like. Yeah, you're in a fishbowl. People looked at you, mm -hmm. wanted to be friends with you simply probably because you are a pastor's kid or also hated you because you're a pastor's kid. So, <laughs> or both. Both, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? As far as like being in church culture? Church culture or even like in a Christian home. How do we fare into like now you're adulthood. You're Obviously, you have your own relationship with Jesus and yeah. reading scripture. Like, like. Like, did we even come close to be? Did we suck, basically? <laughs> we, yeah, I guess. I mean, obviously, we know some of those answers already. But, like, mm -hmm. were there any good? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I think what you guys are doing now is reflective, I think, of what you guys were always doing, honestly. In a less, you know, structured way. But you guys always had people in our home. And we're always, I think about discipling and so i think witnessing that was really i know i don't know i loved that mm -hmm. always and i think it has just confirmed over the years that you know the traditional style of church just isn't and i think in team reigns team fallon dna i think you know 
looking back at when you guys were my youth pastor, it's just, it's just funny because I think, you know, the you know, right before Daddy became a youth pastor, you know, he was in Afghanistan, and me and you and Melina were on our own, and there was a stark difference between how people viewed us. Yep. Then and then when Daddy became a youth pastor, kids treated me different in the youth group before that, and then when, you know, Daddy became the youth pastor. And and can you describe, can you put a little fine point on that? How did they treat you different? I think I was in the inn now. Like, I never felt, I think the first few years, and this is true of anywhere you move. Like, I think when you're the new person, like, because they've all grown up together, you never really feel like anyone really cares if you're there or not. And so I think, like, for those first few years, it just was like, okay, I'm here, but like, I don't know so and so as well as the other person does. Right, and right. They're never gonna know me the way they know each other, and that was always sad for me a little bit. But I think, you know, when you put the title on your parent, and especially because you were my actual youth pastor while I was going through yeah. teenage years, I think that added another element to it, and so. Um, it was fun. Like I had a blast and I think I made some great friends, but I still noticed it that there was a difference. Yeah. I mean, I talked about it a lot with you guys. It's like, there's definitely a big difference when we were like pastors, like youth pastors, because nobody wanted to be my friend mm-hmm. before like your dad became a youth pastor. Then suddenly I'm like, I, you know, people want to be your friend. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, mm. I'm done with that. I don't know. I think I had PTSD for a while there uh, on friendships. You know, I mean, we had that stint. So I had, that, that shall remain like nameless. nameless right now. But like, yeah, I kind of didn't really want to have friendships for a while there. And you know what? Like, I think as a teenager, I was fine with it because I'm like, I just want friends. Like, especially after being through what sure. like we had been through. But, I, you know, as an adult now, I look back and I'm like, and I don't think I would have put up with it the same way that I did then. And, you know, everything, it's a season, so. How about for you personally, growing up in the household of, A, a Christian home, but also pastor's home, what was it like for you, um, you know, obviously we're, we're human beings, your mom and I, right? Like, yeah. So you there... still see us, like, fight. You still sin. see us, like, I mean, sin. you see yeah. us sin. You see us behind the curtain that no one else sees. What was that? Like, did it ever confuse you? Like, did you ever have any doubts? Like, mm. did you ever wrestle with anything like that? I don't think I did, just because I do think you guys have always been a very... Tra- Even in traditional ministry, I think you guys have always been very open about... The things you struggle with and the things you even struggle with in your marriage and so i think people who were under you always got to see that to an extent and so i didn't ever feel like i had to hide anything as your kid for you like and i think a lot of other church kids or pastors kids do but that was never a part of it for me. I think. Well, that's good because I'd hate to, for you to feel like you're like you had exactly. to like cover for cover us. for <laughs> us. That's just dumb. Yeah. Because I don't think I could even cover for us. <laughs> oh, we definitely can't. Cover for us, so. Well, that's the other thing. I don't think I really needed to. You guys were pretty uh, <laughs> okay. telling on yourself. Yeah. <laughs> was it hard growing up as as a pastor's kid for you? I mean. Did you ever feel pressure or? I don't, maybe I just wasn't paying attention to what people were saying, because I don't know, like maybe people were talking. High five, that's always me, I don't care what you think. I don't know if people were talking (laughs) about me. I mean, I know there was definitely certain people who I didn't jive with, and I think we were pretty honest with each other that we didn't like each other, but um, I... I guess there was sometimes that element of like, okay, I have to like everyone's, but... I think it was more so pressure that I put on myself, if anything. Okay. I don't think there was necessarily the title. Do you think that the messiness part of life and family is contradictory in a Christian home? Like, do you think that the Christian home should should not have that messiness? What no. Are your thoughts on that? 
No. Well, I mean, the whole point of the gospel, right, is that we're messy and we need Jesus. And so Mm -hmm. I think it's always, like, I always find it weird whenever, like, even hearing from other people's experience with their parents and not knowing what really is going on. Like, I'm always like, well, why? Like, because we always did have at least honest dialogue or... I was around for what was going on. Maybe it wasn't always a dialogue, but I saw it. And so I'm like... You're welcome. Yeah. And so I'm always like with other kids who like they just... They were very shocked when they would find out something like was wrong or like their parents suddenly... They suddenly found out something. And I'm like, well, we're all human. Right, so. right. And I think that's the beauty of the gospel. You shouldn't have to hide that. Right. I mean, and, and again, you know, I think... You know, out of like the bad that we did experience, I mean, even just going back to, um, you know, because we talked about it a lot, how our marriage, we truly feel was like God was saved because of God hearing your prayer, Mm. you know, as a kid. And I think, you know, one of the things that we really like, I think appreciate it is because the only reason we went to church and got saved is because... Hey, let's take our kid to church because I mean, obviously we're a mess. Yeah. Kylie needs Jesus, <laughs> not your parents that are like fighting like cats and dogs, Knuckle you know. Heads. So, I mean, I think even in our hot mess, somehow we knew that we needed help. We needed help back. <laughs> oh, we didn't have a relationship with Jesus at that time, but we're like, God, God knows exactly what He's gonna I take think, you to. I think the the irony is is that I think we realized we needed help. We as a team. Because we were just hurting each other, yeah. right? But then also we as individuals, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think that's the reason. Like, if I were to, if I were to kind of like quantify or classify how God chose to save us, the mo- like, like in the moment, mm-hmm. right? I think the way that Francis and I came to know Jesus, the way that we did, where we were completely like unaware that each other was having this moment with Christ in right. the same moment. That That's not like a microcosm of our marriage. <laughs> like, like two individuals experiencing something together. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, God chose to save us as individuals. And I think part of it is because I think that's the only way that really we would have ever surrendered. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, we've been struggling with that surrendering part ever since. Yeah. But the reality is it's a fight. It's a battle. Yeah. And I think, you know, going back to your dad's question regarding like how I felt when you are, were got married and left, obviously, mm-hmm. I think that was also like another like checkpoint for us yeah. as parents because we realized we did a lot of things wrong. Mm. You know, like, even though you're so gracious towards us, I, we know we jacked you up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so a lot of the things that we're doing now with Melina and Caleb yeah. are very, very different in a sense of we're allowing to have to like, you know, we're that those moments of discussion and talk where we're actually trying to get them to give us their give us their thoughts and opinions on things. Yeah. We still have to find a balance with that because they really like to tell us things. And I'm like, listen, buddy, we're still the parents, okay? So, um, yeah, and, you know, your dad and I just had a discussion about this this week and how, you know, one of the things I think we lack as a uh, parents and as a couple is the discipline mm-hmm. of really, like, you know, for them to truly see us in, in a sense of like where they are disciples, not just like their parents, but people they're, where we're, we're like really engaging them in the word of God, teaching them so that these are things that they're going to carry on with them for the yeah. rest of their lives on their own, their relationship with Jesus, right? Um, because I know we didn't do that with you. You know, you're a part of our youth group, obviously. We just kind of let that happen by osmosis. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And that you having your own relationship with Jesus is because of Jesus. Yeah. Not us. Right? And so those are the things that, again, we're like, you know, we're kind of like reviewing and reflecting. Do you agree with your mom's statement, what she just said? That it's kind of more by the grace of Jesus. (laughs) I mean, I... I get what you're saying. And so, yeah, I do think, were we not as intentional, I think, as a family unit when I was growing up? Yeah, I think I would 
say that. Yeah. But I do think you you guys taught me and I do think I don't know, maybe there was more of a reliance on the more traditional church. Mm-hmm. But again, you guys were my youth pastors. So like <laughs> I was learning from you. So right. um I think that's the, I think that's the part that's the at least for me, being the person with the title of pastor, mm-hmm. that's probably the biggest pill for me to swallow, hardest pill for me to swallow, is I relied on my being a youth pastor to really disciple you and not necessarily as your dad. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. I think that's what your mom's saying. Yeah. It's like, like, we don't want to disciple our kids because we're pastors or because we're leading a church. We want to disciple our kids because... That's, with, their, with their parents. Yeah, and, and that's really that's the the what God why God yeah. blessed us with kids. Yeah. Right? So that we can point them back to him so that they can glorify him in their lives. And that's mm-hmm. when, you know. your, when your mom says that when you got married and left, that was one of our like debriefing moments where we mm-hmm. were like, you know what? I don't think we did a good job. We've of been that. doing this wrong. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, not not and, and I don't want to say wrong like like in this case, like I I'm very proud of you, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I'm very proud of the fact that you have a walk with Christ and that your decision-making and those things are all kind of filtered through the lens of your walk with Jesus, right? Or at yeah. least you're attempting to do that. Yeah. Um, but what I would say is, is like, we felt this conviction that we that, that we didn't do that right, mm-hmm. you know? And that's not a slight against you or a slight against your upbringing or any of that. It's just like... We realized there were some things that we needed to fix. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, again, we were clueless. We're a hot mess of parents. Well, I mean, I also remember, too, you guys were young. Like, I realize as I look back now, you guys were in your 20s, and I'm nearing the end of my 20s, and I'm trying to picture me going through my 20s with a child and raising a child and and you guys also becoming new Christians. And so I think there was, you were finding out who you were as followers of Christ while trying to parent me. And I think there's something to be said about that. Like, that's hard. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Thank you for your grace because, yeah. Because I, I for sure didn't know what it meant to be a man of God. Yeah. Let alone a father. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, what really sucks sometimes is... Um, you know, like in obviously in the outside world, society, they always think like, oh, Christians are always trying to portray themselves as being perfect and blah, blah, blah. blah. And yeah. I'm like, far from it. We have never claimed. Yeah, that. we have never, at least these wait, Christians wait, never claimed. What? Yeah. You never claimed to be perfect, Francis? No, quiet, Jason. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? And I go, it's only by the grace of God. I mean, yeah. I know the only good thing in me is because of him. Because yeah. in general, in my flesh, like, yeah, in my flesh, it's like, no, I hate everything in life. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, if I'm like, oh, if I like go there in my head, in my mind, in my heart, yeah. in my flesh, dark. it's dark. Sure. You know, so it's only Jesus that keeps me, mm-hmm. you know, on like to him. For sure. Keeps me like focused on loving him, loving people, loving you know, loving the church. Yeah. Um yeah, and then wanting to obviously serve him mm-hmm. and serve people. Last question for you, Kylie. Alrighty. And by the way, thank you for joining us tonight. It's been awesome having you <laughs> talk and make us cry. Yeah. Aww. Exactly. So the last question is this. How has the messiness of, you know, growing up in just, you know, a mess of a family that we are, right? <laughs> how has that informed the possibility and the, just the, the method that you think that you'll employ when you're a parent? Mm. Like, I know that, you know, you guys are in a, in a season right now where you're kind of looking forward to the next season. Yeah. With uh, Parker just getting out of the Navy and things like that. And, you know, your mom is over the moon of the possibility of grandkids, <laughs> which I don't understand why, considering we have, you know, an elementary age son still, but <laughs> well. that's me. Um, how has, like, what we've talked about tonight, just this 
life that we've lived is, it's been a mess. How's that informed your view and take on you being a mom and how you're going to raise your kids? Mm. I think I've always been a little intimidated about motherhood. I think just because I did get to see how hard it actually is with Melina and Caleb being born and being a part of that. And it's, and I don't really think of myself as a very maternal person, but And I think living my own life and being married and being off and dealing with being an adult on your own without your family, it has humbled me a little bit. And so the idea, I have no ideas of grandeur that I'm going to be a better mom than my mom. I've never really understood the, I think a lot of people's arrogance to it because I do think it's hard. And I don't know, I look back and I... I hope that I'm as good of a mother as my mom was to me, and it's scary, but I also know I would le- it would be an honor to be able to disciple my own children and to be a part of that process that Jesus has commissioned to. And so I don't, I don't really know what that's going to look like. I have no idea what I'm going to look like as a mother. Like... I mean, it's funny having a dog. Maybe there's some glimpses there, but obviously that's nothing like being an actual mother. I sure hope not, because you're crazy. (laughs) Well, what's funny is, I mean, you're doing a great job already, because literally Tally is her dog, and Tally goes out in the backyard, and Kylie stares at Tally. I'm making sure she's not doing anything she's not supposed to. Exactly. So you're already like a a mom. I mean, that's really what moms do. She's psychotic. (laughs) I love Tally. But, yeah, so, you know, it's funny. I I think for a long time, I think anyone who knows me would, like, especially before, I used to have that rhetoric, I'm never going to have kids. Like, I don't know. But I think that's that's softened in me a lot over the years, maybe just being married. And Why, why did you have that perspective on not having kids, not wanting to have kids? I don't know. Not that... I think, first of all, pregnancy and seeing how hard it was taking care of a newborn really intimidated me. Like, I saw, like, I saw that it took a lot of sacrifice and just your body's not your own anymore. Like, you're not living for yourself anymore. And so I think a part of me is like, I would like to be selfish for a while longer. (laughs) (laughs) And not that that's still not a part of me. Obviously, there's very selfish parts of me still. But I do think as I'm getting older, like, the idea isn't so scary anymore. Or gross. Yeah, all of that, whatever adjective you want to put there. (laughs) Um, You know, in the future, I'm I'm hoping to get Parker onto our podcast so we can talk about his his experience and we can share. His experience to, like, basically become a part of this crazy family? Okay, (laughs) yeah. But also just his life and how how we relate. Mm -hmm. That's probably a good, uh, like, episode with you and him. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll do that. But, like, when you look at yourselves, Mm. and this is obviously coming from your perspective, when you look at yourselves... Do you see yourselves as the people, the kind of people who, do you see yourselves as good parents? Mm. I would hope so. I mean, I, you know, I love me and Parker's dynamic. Like, I love us as a team. And so, if anything, I would want to just add people to that team. Um, But I also am not arrogant enough arrogant enough to believe that you know I'm not gonna screw up my kid just like you guys have too like and your parents have screwed you up like I think it's I think that's why I do have so much grace is because I know each generation is trying to do just do better than the one before that and that's really all you can really ask for and so well you know know. I think what I think of is like going back to your dad's scripture what is the scripture, Eddie? Can you read Genesis it? Genesis 50, yeah. verse 20. And I'll read it for okay, you. Okay, thank you. The first part of the verse that we wanted to hone in on says this. It's coming from Joseph to his brothers. Right, right. As far as I'm concerned, God turned into good what you meant for evil. Mm. I, I I, think that, to me, you know, when you say that, like, the, 
like our parents screwed up or whatever. It's like, and I think of it now and I go, I don't necessarily know if they screwed up. Like you said, they are, they were doing the best that they know how based on also their, how they were raised. Yeah. Right. And I think, I think of is like, you know, for my parents, like the things that I grew up with, the things that they like, how they made me the way I am. Yeah. I think there were so much of that that I needed in order to be, to kind of almost like, be stubborn like you know because for us like <laughs> you know before we came to know jesus like we were stubborn enough to stay in our stinking messy marriage That's the only, reason only we because together. we didn't want to hear them say see told you you know you guys got married and now you're divorcing <sighs> like i think for the first part is like that's really our stubbornness but it's also i can see it as because of my mom's strong willed and stubbornness like you know she loved my dad yeah. you know they bickered a lot and i kind of knew like i love jason your dad yeah i just made me mad you Drives know you crazy yeah exactly so i think to all, a lot of things like you said i think i think what i i, I want to like say is like i know the good things in our marriage and the good things in our parenting skills are simply because of jesus yeah like you know what i mean like i think of like the things that we did better are because we had to learn like the hard way there were like things that we feel that things that like you know jesus had to point out that's like mm. wow you're really selfish i mean you know so to some degree it's like I don't know if I would want to trade any of the messiness that we yeah. had because it really brought us to this point, mm. right? And I know the things that we're going through now in our messiness, messy life will also, again, teach, hopefully, your brothers and sister. You yeah. know what I mean? That kind of thing. And so, I don't know. It's funny what Francis just said because that kind of gets lost in the shuffle of life is the fact that, you know, we're talking about messiness like it was in the past. It's still messy. Yeah, <laughs> it's still messy. I mean, honestly, like, you and Parker mess. are back here and you, you probably, you still see our mess. I mean... Well, relationships uh, are messy. Yeah. I think that's just... And I think that's the, the, the key to what we've been trying to get across in these last couple episodes. Even in a Christian home. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, more so probably... <laughs> You know, and I think that is the, the theme of this. And so I want to end on this. And that is, you know, I, I do see you guys as being good parents. Right? I do too. Not because you're great people. Yeah. Right. Although that helps. Right? <laughs> but, but more importantly, from what the perspective that your mom just shared, like yeah. the fact that you guys, the reason why you're here in the DC area is to grow as followers of Christ. Yeah. That decision is a decision that will change the course of your life as husband and wife and eventually mother and father. Because when you put Christ first, here's what the scripture says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you, right? That's not talking about like possessions and, 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 you know, stuff, right? It's not talking about success. It's talking about all these things being added is like these things in life that we so desire, you know, some of them good, not the the problem is is that we want to chase after those desires instead of chasing after Christ. And okay. so when we do it the right way, when we put His kingdom first and put His His uh, perspective and His ways first in our life, He blesses us with those things. And so I do think that you're going to be blessed with wisdom, mm. and I think you're going to be a good mom. Yeah. Um, and I do think you're going to do it better than we did it. Yeah, and I, and and that's that's because, my prayer for right. you, honestly. And, and also yeah. because it's Jesus is the center of your life and Parker's life, and then ma- your marriage. Yeah. So when those are when he is the center of those, you know, those things, it's like we know that that's how you're also going to parents. Right. Yeah. You know, raise your kids. Yeah. Do you have any parting words of wisdom for our listeners? <gasps> words of wisdom? I don't know about that, but. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on here. It's been a privilege. I love listening to your guys' podcast, so it's cool to be like a guest on it. Ooh, a little guest speaker. But I don't know. I think the the most I could say I think that I've learned over the last few years is just Jesus has been good. And I think whenever I've remembered who he is and what he's done, it's puts everything else in perspective yes and i think you guys are a testament to that i think our family is a testament to that and i think whenever 
I reflect on that, I'm always remembered, reminded yeah. of his goodness. Yeah. So. Yeah, you remember it, and it helps to keep things in focus, right? Yeah. So if you're listening to our podcast right now, and you're struggling with mess, chaos, lack of peace, you know, hopefully this this um, journey that you've taken with us has encouraged you to not give up, mm-hmm. right? Because that's one of the things that chaos and and mess does is it can wear you down and make you weary. But Jesus says very plainly that if you are weary... You can come to him and exchange your burden for his. That's what he says, right? And he says that his burden is, is light, mm-hmm. right? His yoke is easy, meaning like he's gonna he's not gonna burden you down or weigh you down. And his 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 burden is light. He'll exchange that burden for yours. And so, I just want to encourage you, listener, to exchange your burden with Christ. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. Bye, everyone.